Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. In our study today, we will take a look at the wisdom of God and some of the benefits of the wisdom and why we should seek wisdom above all things. And to lay a foundation on our teaching session, we will read from the book of Proverbs, chapter 4, and beginning with verse 5 through to verse 9. Proverbs chapter 4, beginning with verse 5 through to 9. We are speaking about the wisdom of God. And Proverbs says, Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget, nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, and she will preserve you. Love her, and she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she will promote you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. She will place on your head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory she will deliver to you. I don't know about you, but wisdom is the one thing above all else I have always desired to receive from God. From the beginning of my walk in the early days of my walk with the Lord, I have always prayed and asked God for wisdom. I guess I have learned that from King Solomon when he ascended the throne of his father David, and according to the scriptures, he was only a child, a very young man. And um, God appeared to him at night in a dream, and we're going to read the account when God appears to Solomon in the night and asks him to ask whatever he wants, and he would grant it to him. And so I'm going to read from Second Chronicles chapter 1, beginning with verse 7. And on that night, God appeared to Solomon and said to him, Ask, what shall I give you? And Solomon said to God, You have shown great mercy to David my father, and have made me king in his place. Now, O Lord God, let your promise to David my father be established, for you have made me king over a people like the dust of the earth in multitude. Now give me wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before this people. For who can judge or govern this great people of yours. Then God said to Solomon, Because this was in your heart, 
and you have not asked riches or wealth or honor or the life of your enemies, nor have you asked long life, but have asked wisdom and knowledge for yourself, that you may judge my people over whom I have made you king, wisdom and knowledge are granted to you. And I will give you riches and wealth and honor, such as none of the kings have had who were before you, nor shall any after you have the like. Well, we see here that God was so pleased that Solomon asked for wisdom rather than all those things that God mentioned. He said wealth and riches and honor and even the life of your enemies. Because you have asked wisdom and knowledge, in order to govern my people, I will grant you your request, but in addition, I'm going to give you for the things that you did not ask. I'm going to bless you with wealth and riches and honor, and, and such, he says, that no other king before you has had such honor and glory. And we see in the life of Solomon that he was known as the wisest man on earth that was uh, before Jesus came onto the earth. But we also see that Solomon in his younger days sought the wisdom of God, but as he grew older and he, I don't understand uh, the way he turned, and in his latter days he, his heart departed from the Lord and he went after other women. He must have had, according to the scripture, several hundred women, and they turned his heart away from the Lord. And of course, his end was not that great or that honorable. But nevertheless, when we seek the wisdom of God, God is pleased, and not only does he grant us our request, but together with wisdom, he gives us things that we did not ask or pursued. I want to focus for a while on a common mistake that we often make as believers in rushing into prayer and praying, especially the prayer of faith, so-called knee-jerk prayers, when we are faced with negative situations. And all of us from time to time we will face challenges, we will face tests and trials in our lives, and it's important that before we release our faith and begin to pray, we stop and seek the wisdom of God first. It could be a health challenge that we might be facing, it could be a financial situation or a financial crisis, or even a relational issue. And the mistake we often make is that we rush into prayer and we often quote scriptures that are relevant to the situation we are facing. We also make faith declarations without first seeking the wisdom of God for guidance as how to pray or seek the mind of God, how God wants us to deal with the situation we are confronted with. And most times, these kind of prayers are like shooting a scattershot. 
It makes a loud noise, but tends to miss the target. As a result, nothing changes. And sometimes we blame the principle of faith or preachers who preach uh, the word of faith. In our international ministry, we have set up a prayer ministry which is made up of dedicated individuals who are willing to give of their time to pray for any requests that come through our members. And we praise God because we've seen a lot of prayers, a lot of answers to prayer, and we thank God for each one of them. I have learned, though, not to rush too quickly in responding to those requests unless, of course, it's a real emergency. I'm learning more and more as I grow in the Lord to wait on God, to look to my spirit within for some wisdom and guidance in how to pray and how God wants me to deal with the situation at hand. And it's something that all of us need to learn to practice in our walk with God whether we're facing a crisis or uh, we are endeavoring to make a decision that has long-lasting results. The Word of God says in Romans chapter 8 and verse 26, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Here we see that the Scripture tells us that we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but we have the Holy Spirit within us who will come to our aid, our ignorance, and our assistance in order to help us pray the very will of God in the situation. In studying the life and ministry of Jesus, we clearly see that he never operated this way. He never prayed knee-jerk prayers. He never uh, acted or reacted to situations or to the pressure that people put upon him or even to prayer requests. He always spoke what he heard his father say, and he always did what he saw his father do. For example, take Lazarus, for example. Lazarus was a dear friend to the Lord. He loved to spend time at his house with his two sisters and, and just uh, fellowship with them, uh, take a break or rest from the weariness of ministry. He always loved visiting his friend Lazarus and uh, his household. Well, the request came, come quickly, for the one whom you love is dying. We see Jesus did not immediately respond. He didn't rush to his bedside. He took three days waiting upon God, I believe, until he received the wisdom of God in how to deal with the situation that he was confronted with. And I'm sure by that time, as we've read in the scriptures, that his, um, his sisters were offended at him. 
because when they came to greet him, they said to him, Lord, if you've been here, our brother would have lived. He would not have died. I imagine if we as pastors or ministers of the gospel get a request like that and we wait for three days to respond or we wait until we hear from God, can you imagine uh, what the people would say? But Jesus was never pressurized by people's thoughts, opinions, or preferences. And after three days, he gets his answer. He receives the wisdom of God. And on the fourth day he goes, and by the time he went there, Lazarus was, of course, dead. But because he received the wisdom of God and the mind of God, what God wanted to do in the situation, he was full of faith, he was full of confidence. That's why when he cried out, Lazarus, come forth, Lazarus came out of the grave. And again, we see the Lord again and again not responding immediately to situations that he was confronted with. Take another example. When Jesus went into the temple for the first time, in Mark's Gospel, chapter 11, he didn't say or do anything. He saw the money changers. He saw the abuse that was taking place in the temple, but he didn't do anything. But after praying and receiving the wisdom of God, it was a different story when he went back the next day in Mark's Gospel, chapter 11, verse 15 through to 17. He knew what the Father wanted him to do, and he acted accordingly, chasing the money changers out of the temple. He always listened to his Father in how he wanted to pray or how the Father wanted him to minister. And it's a lesson for us to learn. The Bible says that wisdom is profitable for direction. And in the book of Proverbs, we are told in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. Don't think you know it all. Don't lean on your own intelligence or understanding, but trust the Lord with all your heart. And how do we do that? In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. You think you may think you know what to do, but there is a way that seems right unto men, the Bible says, but at the end of it is destruction. God knows best. And so we should not lean on our own intelligence or understanding when we're making decisions, even though uh, the situation may look horrible around us, never react but always wait on God to receive wisdom and direction. As born-again believers, we have access to the wisdom of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30 said, Jesus was made unto us wisdom. Therefore, we need to access God's wisdom before we pray or before we make life-altering decisions. James chapter 1 verse 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, 
Lady Mask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach or finding fault, and it will be given him. So, as you can see, receiving the wisdom of God puts us in a place of confidence, faith, because we've heard from God. We've obtained the mind of the Spirit in how to tackle the situation. And remember, God has a solution for every crisis, every problem. What we need to do is access the wisdom of God in order to receive the plan of God in how He wants us to go about solving that crisis or solving that situation. And to illustrate what I'm emphasizing here, I read a testimony from Brother Kenneth Copeland, and it just blessed my, my heart in reading uh, his own testimony concerning something that he was struggling for a long time. And I'm going to read his testimony now for a few minutes in his own words. So just bear with me, please. I'm reading from his own magazine, Believer's Voice of Victory, and this is what he says. I remember one time back in my early years in ministry, I was dealing with pain in my elbow joints. I would pray to receive healing for it, and for a while it would get a little better. But then it would get worse again. Finally, it really began to bother me, so I decided to spend a few days at a friend's house on the lake and seek the Lord about the situation. I spent the first day going over the verses from James 1, from Corinthians 1, that speak about the wisdom of God. After meditating on those scriptures and praying in the Spirit, I pleaded my case before God. Lord, I said, I know healing is part of my inheritance in Christ. I know that when he went to the cross, he bore all my sicknesses and all my pains. So the fact that this pain keeps coming back must mean I am missing it somewhere. What is the problem? At the time, I was a coffee addict. I had gotten hooked on it back when I was flying for a living, and I've developed a habit of drinking 16 to 18 cups of coffee a day. I knew it was bad for me, and I tried to quit. But whenever I did, I would always get a nasty caffeine withdrawal headache and wind up drinking a cup of coffee to shut it down. I kept thinking about that as I was seeking the Lord about my elbows, but I wasn't sure why. Then on the evening of the second day, the Lord started talking to me about it. You're going to have to quit drinking coffee, he said. It's made out of a bean that has certain acids and tars in it. You've abused it so, it's began to build up in your joints, particularly your elbow joints. I didn't want to hear that, but I've asked for wisdom. So I said, all right, Lord, show me what to do. He told me to get my bag full of coffee, paraphernalia, that I took with me when I traveled and take communion over it. Then he told me to push the bag away from me and say, I have no need of you in my life in the name of Jesus. 
I did exactly what he said and was instantly delivered from that coffee addiction. My elbows healed up and I've been free of the desire for coffee ever since. Am I telling you that you need to quit drinking coffee? No. I am saying that before you start trying to use faith to move some mountain in your life, use it first to receive the wisdom of God. What a wonderful testimony. He could have been praying for months and years for God to heal his elbows, but he would have received no answer as long as he kept drinking that much coffee. And he said he learned that from his spiritual father, Kenneth E. Hagan. You know, I have learned in my own journey, early in the days of my walk with the Lord, even before I, 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 um, I entered into the ministry, that decisions often decide wealth. I want to say that again and give you a testimony that will verify and testify to what I'm sharing with you. Decisions decide wealth. Back in the 1980s, my wife and I, and I'm sure you've heard me say this before, but please bear with me because it bears repetition. We were living in Zimbabwe, my wife and I, with our two children at that time. Stephen was not yet born. And, you know, um, independence came. Uh, the um, black government took uh, power. And fear was all over the place, especially among uh, the white community. We were living in a small community in Zimbabwe made up of 60 people, Greek community. And I recall how the pressure and the fear and the dread just governed the way of thinking and speaking to the extent that out of fear, they began to sell their possessions, their businesses, their buildings next to nothing and leave the country. Tremendous pressure was placed upon me and upon my wife to leave also from my in-laws, from all those friends around us. It's time that we pack up and go. Don't be foolish. If you stay here, this and this and this is going to happen and all of that. And I remember I said to my wife, my wife also got very concerned, very fearful, and uh, began to put a lot of pressure on me. But I've learned not to make decisions such as that until I heard from God. So I said to her, we are not going to move unless we hear from the Lord. I will not, I refuse to be moved by fear. Uh, the Lord is the Lord of our lives, and I will seek his face until I receive his wisdom as what to do. And so I began to pray. I would go daily, talk to God about it, and say, Lord, what's on your mind? What is your will for me, for my family? Please, I open my, my heart to you. Give me your wisdom. And I prayed for several days. I don't recall how many days I continued to pray and seek the Lord's face concerning this. But one of those days, I came across a few verses of Scripture, and God began to minister His wisdom to me 
as the Holy Spirit began to highlight these verses of Scripture that I'm going to read to you. Genesis 26, verse 1 through 3. There was famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I shall tell you. Dwell in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants I give all of these lands, and, and I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham your father. Now these were the words that were given to Isaac hundreds of years ago. He was under severe pressure. There was famine in the land. He was a farmer. So he started thinking, maybe I should go down to Egypt. If I stay here, I'm going to starve myself and my family to death. But at that very moment, the Lord appears to him and he gives him an instruction through the wisdom of God. And he says, do not go down to Egypt. Now, those words meant different things to me. It was like the Lord, the Spirit of God took those words and he applied them to me and my situation saying, do not go down to South Africa. Stay in this land and I will bless you. Dwell in this land and I will be with you and bless you. Well, filled with confidence, I came to my wife and I said, I'm sorry, we are not going. This is not the will of the Lord for us. And we stayed for an extended 10 years. And those 10 years proved to be the most fruitful, the most blessed years of our lives together in Zimbabwe. It was there that I grew up spiritually. It was there that the Lord empowered me to launch my ministry. And not only that, but those 10 years laid a financial foundation beneath our feet that carried us even to this day and enabled us to do what God called us to do here in South Africa. And I often wondered, what if I did not seek the Lord? What if I reacted to the situation and made the decision to leave? I believe that I wouldn't be where I am today. I would have suffered. My family would have suffered. And so it is important, folks, that above all, you seek the wisdom of God in every situation. Unless it's a crisis, then wait on God. Take some time. Be still, the Bible says, and know that I am God. And God has an opinion about everything. He has an opinion about your future, an opinion about your children, your marriage, an opinion about your financial situation, your health situation, whatever it is that, that you are concerned about, God is more concerned about. So it's important that you seek the Lord before you pray and ask the Lord to do it or before you make a decision. Now, also, in making investments, and I believe God wants us to be wise how we invest our funds, how we invest our time. And as for me, I've always sought the Lord 
and the wisdom of God as to where to invest. I recall when God said to me, don't leave Zimbabwe, stay in this land. He also added his instruction and said, if you have any money to spare, invest it in land, invest it in property. And we did. And you know what? In four years' time, the prices doubled and tripled and quadrupled. You know, timing is everything with God. And once you miss God's timing, you may find yourself in a situation that is not very pleasant. We've got to learn to wait upon God upon uh, making decisions such as that. I can tell you testimony after testimony how God intervened in impossible situations. Another a testimony or example that I'd like to share with you, I'm sharing this from my own personal experience, and I believe that will bless many, many, many of you because I'm not just teaching you from the Word of God. I'm teaching you from 45 years of experience of walking with God, listening to the Lord, and walking in His ways. Wisdom, as the Word says, will, will give you a crown of glory and honor and will even add to you wealth and riches. I've never sought riches. I have never gone after money. Yet the Lord keeps blessing me and my family. Uh, once you have the wisdom of God, will attract all of the blessings of the Lord. During um, 10 years afterwards, the Lord began to talk to me about that it was time to leave Zimbabwe and enter a full-time ministry. I was in ministry there, but I was part-time minister. We ran a business and my wife took care most of the responsibilities of our business because I was traveling sometimes three, four weeks at a time overseas uh, ministering uh, as an evangelist. But after 10 years, the Lord began to touch my heart and show me clearly that it was time to leave Zimbabwe. And within a matter of months, we came into South Africa and we were able to purchase our own house debt-free, purchase our vehicles debt-free, we never borrowed, and so that I could launch a ministry without a salary and without anything, because God knew that when we started, we were going to start from scratch. And here we see once again how the wisdom of God uh, guided me and led me uh, to the place where we are today. And so I share these things with you because seeking the wisdom of God in every situation of life and hearing from God, I believe, is the key to success and the abundant life that Jesus promised us. Don't make hasty decisions, whatever you do, even in purchasing things. Say you want to purchase a vehicle. Don't go out and, and, and borrow money. I recall when we wanted to put up a building in our church years ago in Pinelands. We had the land, but we didn't have any other funds. All we had in the bank was 10,000 rand. And here we have plans for a building that would cost, many years ago, 1.200,000 rand. 
in those days, 1,200,000 is like you're talking about 15 to 20 million rand today. But God said, you don't borrow. And he also told me specifically, he said, do not put any pressure on your congregation. They have enough problems of their own. They have their own mortgages and their own bonds to pay. Do not put any more pressure. Just decree and declare that we will put up that building by faith, debt-free. Well, how do you do it? You've got 10 people in the church, and um, you want to put up a building without borrowing any money? Logic and natural understanding will tell you it's impossible. And those few people that we had in our church told me, he said, Andrea, you're crazy. Where are you going to get the money from? It's just not possible. We don't have that kind of finances. I said, the Lord will provide. Well, after prayer, much prayer, we had 10,000 rand in the bank. And during those days, I was traveling back and forth to Greece, sometimes three times a year, preaching the gospel. And I said to the financial board at that time, these 10,000 rand we have, I believe the Lord wants us to sow it into the mission field. We're going to take the 10,000 rand, we're going to sow it into the mission field as a seed. And we're going to trust God and believe that God will reward and bring us a bountiful harvest so that we can put up our building. Well... I could hear and I could see on their faces they were not so convinced. But he said, Pastor, well, if you want to do it that way, let's do it that way. So we released those funds. We prayed over them and we trusted God. Within two and a half years, God brought a gentleman to us and gave us 930,000 rand cash and we put up our building. And we didn't borrow any money. To this day, it stands as a testimony to the provision of God and to the wisdom of God that enabled us to do it. So I'm sharing all of these things with you to help you and to encourage you that whatever it is that you're facing right now, it's important that you don't make rush decisions. It's important that you do not allow external circumstances or pressure from any side to pressure you in praying prayers and in making decisions that are outside of the will of God. And we see David in the Old Testament, constantly he would seek the wisdom of God on how to defeat his enemies. And I'm going to read a portion of scripture to you when it happened that David and his men came to Ziklag to the camp on the third day, the Amalekites, the scripture says, had invaded the south and Ziklag, attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great. They did not kill anyone but carried them away and went away. So David and his men came to the city, and there it was, burned with fire, 
and their wives and their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and they wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives, Ahinoam and Abigail, the widow of Nabal the Carmelite, had been taken captive. Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Then David said to Abiathar the priest, Please bring the effort here to me. And Abiathar brought the effort to David, and so David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And the Lord answered him, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. Here is David, one of the worst crises of his life. Everything that he owned, including his wives, his children, and the, the wives of his men and their children and their possessions were all taken away by the enemy. And here is David, faced with this huge crisis. His men wanted to stone him because they blamed him for the loss. But you see David's heart. That's why the Bible calls David a man after his own heart. He would not react. He would go to the Lord. And there he would strengthen himself in the Lord. And the word says, David inquired of the Lord, what shall I do? Should I pursue? And we see here how God answered him. And he did pursue. And he recovered all that was lost. You see, over and over again, David inquired of the Lord. And so I want to encourage you today, in your affairs, inquire of the Lord. There, are, there is no substitute, I believe, from hearing directly from God, receiving His wisdom for any situation, and then acting accordingly. You will see that the blessing is already there. You don't have to pursue it. You don't have to strive for it. The Lord will meet you there in his word. So I trust that, that my ministry tonight on the wisdom of God has been a blessing to you. That's why we see that when Paul prays for the churches that he established and other churches, he always prayed for this one thing before anything else. He would pray for wisdom and he would ask God to give them spiritual understanding and knowledge. Because he knew, once the believers received the wisdom and the understanding from God, they would grow, they would prosper, and they would, they would walk worthy of the Lord and of the calling he placed on their lives. And so let's uh, conclude our ministry tonight through prayer. Father, we thank you for your wisdom. Thank you that it is available to all, even unbelievers, Lord. For your word says, if any man lacks wisdom, 
let him ask of God who gives generously without finding fault and it shall be given him. So I pray that you would bless our spiritual family, Lord, with wisdom from above in all of the prayers, in all of the decision-making in their lives, whether it's relational decisions or financial decisions. I pray that you would fill them with the knowledge of your will, Father, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding so that according to your word they may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing you, Father, and being fruitful in every good work, strengthened with all might by your Spirit in the inner man, unto all patience and long-suffering with joy. We thank you, Lord, for your wisdom, and we thank you for your precious word that contains your wisdom, and we thank you for your Spirit, that enlightens the Word, that brings revelation and wisdom from the Word, so that we can make godly decisions that will honor and please you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.